success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible Podcast. And oh my gosh, guess what? Yep. Another invincible one to introduce to you today. Oh, I have with me Amanda White, aka the Sea Squatch Shaman. She is the owner of Sexy Sea Squatch LLC, psychic medium, entrepreneur, intuitive business consultant, and alternative and holistic nutrition specialist. Oh my gosh. Welcome, Amanda. It is so great to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for so long, but I'm so glad to be here and be able to share my message with your audience. Oh, listen, I am so excited. Amanda and I had a conversation because we haven't talked a lot about this topic on the show. And the thing that I love most about most about She's Invincible is the diversity that we approach it in. And so I want to make sure that we cover all of the topics and everything, just because I want to make sure that everything that you want to hear is out there. And so when Amanda shared with me about being a medium and all the things that she does, tarot card readings and all of the things I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never really been seriously into that, but I was like, oh, Amanda, I would love to have you on the show, but in order for me to actually speak about this, we're going to have to get together and you're going to have to show me what you do. So I understand. And I know exactly what I'm endorsing. So, okay, then. So we got together for an appointment that was supposed to be an hour. I think it was like an hour and a half or an hour and 45 Mm -hmm. minutes, which tends to be the way Amanda and I have been rolling these days. We take 45 minute meetings and we make them two hours because it's so much fun. But Amanda gave me a reading and she didn't know anything about me except I had a podcast. And I sat there with my best poker face for over an hour and didn't say anything except tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And at the end, (laughs) when I told her the truth, we both sat there with our mouth wide open, smiling because she knew, even though she didn't know, she knew. And so we are about to just jump into so much fun right now. So brace yourself, grab something to drink. I have no idea how long this conversation is going to go. And it doesn't even matter because it is going to be the bomb. So again, welcome, Amanda. Welcome, I just can't wait to share you. Thank you so much. Yes, it's Uh, going to be 
Absolutely fun. And speaking of your rating, I was sitting here, come on, Cammy, ask me some questions. But it just wasn't coming. I said, we're just going to keep going on and see what we could get. And wow, it doesn't matter if I've read for someone many times or never read for them at all. Like some of, they always surprise me every single one because they're all different. And so it was just, it was magnificent to put the stories together. And that was just super, super cool. So I'm really excited for everybody to hear what we have to say. Yes. yes. So fun. So let's do this. Let's, I want them to get to know you a little bit more. Hmm. We'll just pause that for a minute. No, I'm still going. Did your, did you miss yours? That's so weird. Hold on. Okay. You're back. You're back. Oh, that's so weird. That was weird. Yeah. They'll delete it. Don't worry about it. So I, yeah. So I want them to get to know you a little bit more. So let's jump in and tell them, how did you even get where you are today? Oh man. It honestly, it all started when I was little is having gifts at such a young age and really not understanding what was going on, but I knew I was able to see people and talk to them. Right. But what got me to actually practicing the mediumship and having actually utilizing the psychic abilities to help people, it was a huge journey. It was a huge, all about growth and empowerment and really growing as a person. But I had to go through some really dark times to get to where I am today. But it all started when I was three years old and having a conversation with my grandfather that had passed before a couple of months before I was born. And my cousin, who was much older than me, witnessing it and saying, oh my gosh, she was talking to Grampy. And then people started telling me that I was crazy. And it's all make-believe. You watch too many scary movies. It's all in your head. So, But hearing that all the time, it would... I started to believe it. I started to believe that it was all in my head. And then I started growing up a little bit at a time, obviously through your childhood. And, but when I hit nine years old, I started, I hit puberty very early and I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS, as you say, and endometriosis. And, and that was all before I even hit my preteens. And that caused me to be overweight. It caused me to have hormonal problems with too much testosterone. And it caused a lot of body hair. And I come from a Spanish Italian heritage. And so my hair is dark. My body hair is dark. And I was bullied. I was bullied from a really young age. And that led to being called Sasquatch when I was in seventh grade. And and so being bullied takes a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It just does. Well, for me, it went a step further because like I had huge breasts also, and I was hairy and it was just like, I was, I did not feel very pretty. And so I hid away from the world. I hid that identity. I hid who I was. And I've always been the type of person that was ex- really outgoing and fun and happy. And I'm the jokester. I make people laugh all the time. And to nothing, to hiding in a hoodie and trying to hide myself because I didn't want to bring attention to myself. And so that's where it all started. And that's how I've, that was the foundation of growing the confidence and embracing who I truly was. 
I don't want to jump in too soon because these things can be talked about here in a few minutes. But that's how it came to be. But it came with a lot of shadow work. I know that you've had that conversation on your show before. It was a lot of deep, dark shadow work. It was a lot of meditation. It was a lot of self-love, a lot of self-care. But it was also me going through the files and files of things that I was telling myself, all those, the bookshelves, the stories that I've always told myself, I had to go through them and say, yep, this is a good one or no, this is a bad one. Right. And so like it, that's where it all came from. That's where, that's how I became who I am today. And yeah, so yeah. Wow. So, and you went to college. So tell us a little bit about that. I always love to see like here what people go to school for and then Mm -hmm. is, are they using that or is it something Mm -hmm. different? What did they get from that? Is, has it been applied? So tell us a little bit about that. So I did go to college. I actually met my husband at band camp, my first year of college. He's a year older than me and or a year ahead of me and we actually met at band camp I was a drum major and at the time I was a physical therapy major I was there to become a physical therapist and then time went on and it was like oh dental hygiene no I didn't want to do that either and so when I went to the university two years later I started studying psychology and I decided that I wanted to work with autistic children and so I got my, my minor degree in music because music is the language of, to, of the soul, like just vibrations, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be a psychologist and I'm going to work with children with autism. And then Christmas break comes along and my professor is like, hey, Amanda, if you're not going to graduate this spring, you got to take all these other classes that you haven't taken yet that I told you you didn't need you got to take. And the ones you didn't need, you didn't have to take. And I was like, yeah, I'm not staying there another year. So in the middle of Christmas break and the intercessions or whatever, I said, all right, I have to go back to, I have to go back to the manual, to the college manual and find something that would, I would utilize all those courses and everything that I had already taken. And come to find out it was social work. So I was like, wow, like this, okay. Um, I love serving people. I love working with people. I can still work with children. And so I get, I go into my internship. So I went into social work, got through that semester. I only needed one semester to finish up. And so did my internship and I started my internship out at Child Protective Services. And I saw some of the the most horrific things I had witnessed and I didn't agree with how certain situations were handled and it made me extremely uncomfortable and being the empath that I am I found myself caught like in a corner of should I say something about this should I bring it to someone's attention that this is going on or should I keep my mouth shut and just go about my business and just get through this right And I decided to step up and I told my professor what was going on and what I had experienced and what I had witnessed. And it was just this big poop show. It was a total poop show. And I said, you know what? I would really appreciate it. And if I can, please, can you 
can I do my internship somewhere else? So in the middle of my internship, I, I got moved to an, a nursing home. It was a care facility within a hospital. And I absolutely fell in love with that place. It was just, I had all, I had been raised by my grandparents. So I was extremely comfortable around older people. I've always had a connection and now I, I now know why I have a connection, but it just, it opened my heart to so much. And then I graduated college and a couple months later, I got married to Marty and there was nothing to show for it, right? There was absolutely nothing to show for it. So I was out of college without a job. So I got my degree in social work with a minor in music with an associate's degree in physical therapy. So it's like, you have all these things that you could do something with, but nothing. There was nothing I could do with that. Or at least nothing that I found that worked for me until I was had the opportunity to have my dream job, which was at an independent living facility. I was a service coordinator there. So I was able to utilize my social work skills. I was able to use my psychology, one of my PT stuff. And then that's when I became a holistic nutrition, health and wellness and nutrition coach. And, and because I wanted to teach them how to utilize their food better than what they were, than what they were doing. Because they're, this is low income housing. And so I was like, man, I'm finally using everything that I went to school for. And then we moved and I was like, all right, Amanda, what are you going to do? So I was working part-time at, at, as a service coordinator. And then I had taken a job two hours away at a country club and I was an executive assistant. So I went from doing something that I absolutely loved to something that I was like, man, I, I didn't do this since I was a, a, a college intern or working in the band office. So it's all, <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't really do that much. And then, yeah, so I just kind of worked. I, I had to move away from that job and it broke my heart to leave them because like my heart and soul was there. And at the time it was, it was bittersweet because I had grown the church that was across the street from there. So we were always doing something there. Like I grew up around a lot of those people. And so now I was able to take care of them too. And it's also a connection with my grandmother and some of the other ladies that her friends that I had grown up around too. So it was just a very sentimental place. And then I moved away and I didn't, I think I visited maybe twice in the six years that we were moved away. And that just broke my heart. So yeah, so I ended up and all in all, an accounting clerk to an athletic director. And now I do HR and payroll and that's my side gig. But right now I focus on my intuitive consulting to help people get through all the BS that they've been through and don't know how to get past. So that's what led me to here. That's my college. I, I use it so I don't lose it, right? And so I, I still utilize all of the stuff that I've learned both to help people both on that spiritual level and on that psychological level too. So you get the best of both wor worlds, both the, both, I guess the Western medicine with the Eastern medicine kind of like thrown into one.
That is so cool. So what a journey too, right? Because a lot of people think, why should I listen to you? Now you know why, right? She's done a lot of things and she has a lot of education and this is where it all merged together, which I think is so cool. So tell us what makes you invincible. I never gave up. I never gave in to the world, I guess you could say. And I never, I never lost my will to live, even though I had thought about it numerous times, because let's face it. I mean, it's, it's awful out there. Right. And so it was like, I didn't give up even through weighing 365 pounds and losing that weight, over 250 pounds of that was lost. And so I I could have lost myself, but I didn't, I never gave up and I never stopped believing that I could. I just lost sight of, of my mission, of my desires, of who I wanted to be instead of what the world wanted me to be. Oh, you just set the stage, girl. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful because today we are talking about holistic energy production and how to become your true authentic self. And oh my gosh, one thing I do want to say before you jump into this is I love how you owned your story, like your story of this whole, like being bullied and being called names and the hormonal and the hairiness and all of that. Like you just owned that story once you realized like what it was all about. And here you come into this company that you create where you're owning the story by just announcing to the world, like here we are. Right. And I just don't know. Some people would hide that or be whatever they would feel about that. But I love that you just came forth with it. Like this test is going to be my testimony, right? This mess is going to be my message and that you're, you got it. You're straight now with it. And I just love that. So let's dive into this holistic energy production. And I mean, you showed just in, in showing up with this story about your true authentic self, right? You found a way to embrace that even in, even as it was made for negative, that you were able to use it for good. And that is huge. And not everyone can do that. So let's speak to all of these things. Awesome. So, wow, where to start? Okay. So while it's so important to know who you are, right? It's important to know who you are. The first thing that was just an aha moment for me was how little time I was spending on myself and worrying about myself and everything that I had going on around me to actually focusing in on myself for once. Cause it was, it's always been this, my energy was pulled somewhere else. And I know being in toxic relationships, being in toxic work environments, different stress levels everywhere, it sucked the energy like right out of me. Right. And so one of the things that just was the aha was Amanda, you just need to go to your space and cut out all the noise and just focus in on you. Listen to what you're saying. Listen, try to figure out what emotions you were feeling during that interaction. And so that comes to that holistic approach to healing. And one of the biggest things like you'll see over here, these are my chakras, right? I have chakras everywhere. Those are your energy centers. And we have those, everyone does. And 
it's all about being able to balance each and every one of those on the things that you do in everyday life, like the food that you eat, the exercise and the, or the routines that you do, your sleep schedules, your stress levels, how in tune with you are you, right? How much do you go out in the sun? How much do you pray? If you pray, it's how many times do you meditate? It's how much time can you spend with self? And as you, as you keep that energy in, but you're also sucking in energy at the same time, it's making like this vortex coming through you and out again and coming through you and out again. And that is, I mean, you have a circulatory system, you have blood in your body, right? You have veins that push that blood all over. Think of your energy centers as your spiritual circulatory system as your spiritual blood vessels, right? Your spiritual vessels. And so like the more you're able to focus in on each and every one of those and be able to identify what means what and what they affect, because these different things affect different parts of your body. So I'm going to point. So we have the, we have red here at the bottom. That is your root. And so that is your your hips and your hips are your foundation, right? Your, your hips, if they're, if they're broke, you can't walk. Right. So, but as you go up, it's, there's organs in the way, there's all these other emotions and everything that go along with it. As you go up, it's love and heart, your voice, your spiritual sense, and then everything that comes through is the universe. Right. And so we're all part of the universe. And so that's what we're doing when you're taking in and focusing your energy on those different things. You don't have enough time to push all of that energy out and put it on someone else and sucking in or taking in all of their bad juju, right? Because that's what we do. It's a cycle. It's a never ending cycle unless you change that cycle. And that's something that when, when I do readings, that is one of the one of the big things that come through all the time is, is that spiral that comes in and it's okay. What's keeping you stuck in the same thing over and over again. It's time to break that chain. It's time to start another path. And so that's what it's all about is taking that energy to holistically heal your energy. You must focus in on one at a time to make sure that they're cleared and balanced because if they're balanced, you could have hip pain, back pain, headaches, depression, anxiety. You could have certain inflammatory diseases pop up on you just out of the blue. Oh, I've never had celiac disease before, but you do now, right? Something you had be, have been doing has thrown off your guts or the organs that are in that energy center. So you have all the tools that you need at your fingertips every single moment of every single day to heal yourself, both on the inside and on the outside. And soon you'll be so in tune with what's going on. You'll be like, oh, I have this thing going on. I know how to handle it, right? I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to go to the emergency room. And then you have other times you're, and then you start to grow your intuition. And then that's how, that's how, that's my spiel on, on the holistic energy for right now, because we're going through a program right now, the blueprint to healing your energy centers, to align your energy centers. And so that's 
pretty much the gist of what we teach in that program. So let's yeah. move into becoming your true authentic self, because I, that is, you set the stage. Yep. So becoming the true authentic self, and this is the story of Sexy She Squatch. And so I went to Funnel Hacking Live a couple of years ago, which is a big marketing conference. And I was sitting in the audience and there was a woman on stage, Jamie Cross was on stage and she was talking about all of her lotions and creams and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, if only somebody could come up with something that controls the hair growth, right? And so I'm sitting there and I'm texting my sister. I'm texting my aunt who works for Mary Kay. She's been there for almost 40 years. And I was like, do y'all have any hair removal things that are natural? And so they're like, no, we don't have anything like that. And since that was something that I struggled with for so long, I was like, I can't be the only she squatch out there. Right. And I say she squatch because it goes back to that bullying. I was sitting there and I was like, all right. I want to come up with a name for this business that I just popped out of my head. And so I started doing hashtags, right? I started doing all the things that hurt me that I could remember that I pushed down and believed what they were saying. I took all of those things that hurt me and I turned them into something good. So being the hairy cousin of Harry the Henderson, Bigfoot, I took like that being hideous and ugly to being love and sexy. And then I said, all right, they kept calling me Sasquatch, right? Or Bigfoot or whatever you want to call it. And I said, I'm not a Sasquatch. I'm short. I'm petite. So damn it, I'm sexy, right? And so I was like, all right, she Squatch it is. And so I, I was like, oh my gosh. And then I went through and it said, sexy she Squatch. And I said, that's it. And I looked over at Marty and I said, it's happening. It's on. And he dared me. He dared me to start this business. And so that's when I started Sexy She Squatch, I only had, I had two things in mind. I wanted to help people to lose weight, to get a, a healthy lifestyle for themselves. But I also wanted to help naturally balance hormonal deficiencies and everything, which was the biggest thing. So I started working with women with endometriosis because it's a systemic inflammatory disease that throws your lady bits out of whack and it's awful. And so I started, I poured my heart and soul into helping those women control their symptoms without pills and surgeries and all this other stuff. And so I started thinking, like I went through a whole year of just digging in deep, help trying to help these women. And it just wasn't, it wasn't the calling. And so it wasn't until I took all of the next year off, I had made some, I have a shave gel that helps slow down the hair growth when you use it consistently, of course, but that was the big, that was the thing. And so every now and then I'd get an order in and then something that we don't like to talk about on podcasts. People got sick, real sick, and needed one of the, the main ingredients for this shave gel, and so I couldn't do it anymore, and so I was depressed, and I was like, if I was going to have a, a really awesome product, it's kind of gone down the crapper now, so what do you do? So I took that time to really focus in 
on me. And something that I I had, I started a podcast with a, another health and wellness coach in the endometriosis community. And as it kept going, it kept getting further away from the endo awareness stuff to the spiritual healing, to I, being able to identify things for yourself. And I said, you know what? I don't know who I am really anymore. I have all these different things that I'm really good at, but there's not one thing that's me. So I was missing the most important factor in everything. And so I took that whole year off to do shadow work. I found a a spiritual mentor for myself to help me unlock all of my abilities that I had locked away. And this helped me to really be able to what we say, cut cords from the things of the past that have controlled or dictated our decision-making thus far and how to get rid of them. And so that leads to another thing that we'll talk here in a few minutes, but that's where it led to. And it led to me being able to identify me just as perfect as I am and accepting the person who I have become and not really, not even really, not caring what anybody else thinks about it because I'm going to be true to me because I haven't been and I'm unhappy and I'm not moving forward in my life. My business is not going anywhere. I don't have any, instead of all that negative karmas, all those negative losses, all those negative things that were happening, it needed to stop. That manifesting that thing over and over again had to stop. And so I redirected the mindset. And that's where the psychology part comes back into all this. I redirected the mindset and I kind of did a social analysis with all the voices, so to speak, and was like, all right, Amanda, who are you? Identify you. Okay, you're Coach She Squatch. No, you're not. You're not Coach She Squatch. You are not this hiding away, but only those that are like you will find you person. I even have Sasquatches behind me here. And, (laughs) but it's, it's not about that. And the identity shifted from coach She Squatch to She Squatch Shaman. And that's exactly the person that I am. I take people, I, they get messages from source that they need to help them move forward in life. Nothing is there to detriment you. Nothing is there to harm you. Nothing is there to keep you in the past. Everything is for your own good. And these are things that are help. These messages and everybody's giving like signs, right? Everybody gets signs. You have dreams. You might hear ringing in your ears. You might get a pressure headache or something. Yeah. A lot of the time, I mean, hair standing up on your arms or the back of your neck. Okay? <laughs> so you get these feelings, right? And then you don't, you're like, oh, you just kind of like brush them off. But those are signs from spirit. Those are signs from source trying to give you a message about something. And people come to me to get those answers. And as a she squat shaman, I'm there to be that guide to them. I am confident in myself that I can take you on the journey that you need to heal the quickest that you've ever even thought you could. So. Wow. <laughs> so 
tell me this, tell me, how do you work with clients? Like when they come to you, what is the result they're looking for? What, what is like the straw that breaks the camel's back there? Honestly, it's when they have lost their way, when they have lost their voice, when they've lost their vision, when they don't know why they started something in the first place, or if it's just to help with a grieving process or with a loss or a trauma. And so that's what I normally get in. And I normally work with entrepreneurs, but my door is open to anyone that needs this healing. And I call them healing sessions. I don't call them like tarot readings or anything like that. These are healing readings. And they come to me and they're like, Amanda, I saw what you did. Or I saw the video that you did on so-and-so and it really spoke to me. And I'd like to go a little deeper into that because I don't know why that spiked so much feeling in me. And the person that I was, that I initially came on screen with and was talking to was not the same person when she got off of that call. After two hours, she had been enlightened. She had gotten answers she had hidden something. She did not tell me this and Cammie can test to this. So she hid something from me. So she said, I hid something from you that I just wanted to know if it would come through or not. And I said, okay. And she said, and it did. And now she was like, when are you going to be in town? Because I want to see this in person. Because like I, I giggle, I gasp. I'm like excited for some things. Because when I get a message from source, when I get a message from spirit guides, when I get a message from whomever, I get excited. But I speak in the tone that they're speaking to me. Because And, and so she was completely changed. And that's one of the beautiful, that, that is what she got from one session, it had nothing to do, it could have, with the message that was coming through the cards, but it was changed, it was focused in on her, and she had done, been able to do some work, some shadow work, she had been able to find closure, she had been able to find clarity, and now she had a message of direction, and I, always, I have a sign beside, behind me that says, spiritual healing is your magic pill, because it is, because it's a spiritual self. And once you're able to connect with that part of you, it opens up everything for you. You see everything in the clearest light, what path to take, which timeline to get on, and you just kind of skip forward a little bit. So yeah. So That's that amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you have a freebie. Tell yes. us about your freebie. Yes. So I'm giving away a 15 minute energy clearing reading and that's where we'll get on a zoom if you're not in my town if you are then we can come together in person but on zoom and i'll do a 15 minute reading to find out which of your energy centers is blocked and how you can are the best ways for you to go about clearing it up and making it healthier and then where to go from there so that's going to be a really probably plan on about 30 minutes. So, because there's going to be some things said to you, <laughs> I guarantee it because I'm already feeling a lot of things right now. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people that, that schedule. So just be prepared to go a little bit over 15 minutes, but I'm really excited for you because I, I can already feel some juice coming. So, okay. 
Yeah. That is so, so cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook at Amanda White. That is my page or your, my business page is Sexy She Squatch. So perfect. Yeah. And we'll yeah. have all that in the show notes as well. So if you're listening and you can't write it down, just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you to all of the things that Amanda does. And, and especially that 15 minute energy center reading that she's giving you for free. So that's amazing. And thank you for that gift, Amanda, for our, our listeners. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, Consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. So Amanda, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. We are going to give them value, education, share your expert zone of genius. OMG, you have done that so well today. <laughs> I My mind is blown and I already had like over an hour session with you, but even right. just listening to what else you're doing is just amazing to me. But we promise our listeners that we're going to do that, but we're also going to share your journey. 
me because right now you're enjoying the success mm -hmm. of your efforts, but nobody saw you struggling through the journey. And so I think it's so important as entrepreneurs that once we figure it out, we go back and tell the others like, hey, I figured it out. Follow me, right? Come right. with me. I know how yep. this ends. Right. And so it's so important because women especially are comparing themselves all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're always coming up short. And I know you remember this, probably you were doing that yourself and nobody really knows the truth. They see the success, but when you're on that side of success oh, and everything they see is great, right? It's confidence, yeah. it's intelligence, yeah. it's wisdom, yeah. it's knowledge, it's mm -hmm. all of those things. And so as women are journeying through their own journey, they think what's wrong with me? Why is it so hard for me? They have no idea how hard it was for you. They right. just see this other Amanda and think, mm -hmm. oh, she's so lucky. Yes. That makes me want to put my gloves on. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Marty took mine with him to train. So I don't have my boxing gloves. So but it's true. It makes you, when people say that oh, you're yeah. like, don't water down my struggles. You have no idea. You can't compare. Everyone has their own journey. So I am excited to talk to you as we pull back this curtain and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of your journey. So let's start with the good. Could you share a quick story about the good or great part of this journey of Amanda White? So the greatest moment of this journey was it was back in December of last year. Yes, it was that short ago. I went to a friend of mine's group. She had actually, I had met her. She was a guest on the podcast that I was on and she's also an intuitive healer as well. And she's embracing that as well. And I went in and I did one of her, she called them a soul clearing, karma clearing masterclass pretty much is what it was. And it was completely life-changing because I was actually able to go deep, deep down into the pits of my soul and find the one person that made my life hell my entire life up until like way after they had passed on, mind you. But it made me realize that the person that I loved most and looked up to most in this world was the person, the one person that caused me the most pain. And that was, can you say mic drop? Because as soon as that happened, it was just like, bing, done. Like I was like, all right, Amanda, that's it. And I was a completely different person when I woke up from that. And that, that was one of the most life-changing experiences out of everything that I've talked about up to this point. Like I'm getting emotional right now because it broke my heart at the same time, but it freed me. It freed me and gave me that permission I needed to be my authentic self, to be the true me and to have the cojones to come out and to tell the world, hey, I, I can speak to angels, right? I have a sixth sense or a seventh sense or an eighth sense. And yeah. before then, I wasn't able to do that. And, and because of that experience and her coming into my life, which she would be an awesome person for this podcast, by the way, <laughs> but just 
can you say just growth in general and invincible because it was just life-changing and I became a different spouse I became a different business partner I became a different person I became everything around me I became something different too because there was an energy radiating off of me that was pushing everybody out it was just going and just getting bigger and bigger because I had finally that spiral I was talking about I had cut through that cycle I had opened it up to the in like to infinity and beyond the, that's amazing the, the sky is not the limit anymore it's beyond that right yes and so yes. that's the aha like my eyes just changed colors in the screen like you could see like whenever I just spoke through something my eyes will change colors when that happens and so that's that was the huge breakthrough that was the damn like it like knocked the breath out of you it's like getting a gut punch right not almost knocking you to your knees talking about boxing gloves and yeah, that's what so you're cool. doing that's it's what so cool i was though. doing with myself yeah and it's so cool that you used it for good right because I mean, when you finally find out that it's the person that you love the most, who was the most betrayed, betrayed you the most and is holding you back from this greatest version of yourself, like you could do two different things with that, right? So you can either use it to stop you or you can use it to push you forward and you use that to push you forward. But I think everyone has a choice and everyone, if they figure this out, will have a choice and they get to choose what, which way it's going to be. I mean, you're in control, you're in charge of your own destiny. Nobody else is in charge of that, but you, it's like, you have this job that you go to every single day. You're miserable. You go there every single day, but what happens if you, God forbid anything happened to you, you'll be replaced the next day. Sure. Right. And it's of that course. mindset that keeps happening over and over again that you're like, damn, it's just, you're like this ping pong ball, right? Or this, and it's just like pinging off of you. And you're like, why does this keep happening? It happens over and over again. And this is why there is something that has happened to you. And it doesn't even have to be in this life. And that's the screwed up part about it all is that a lot of the karmas that you have on you, right? Are generational karmas that everybody has everybody has them and you have two choices you could either live off of someone else's bad juju and be stuck in the pit of no return or you can cut through that that shiitake and say no more this is my journey i'm i'm cutting the cord i'm dropping all the weights out of this hot air balloon and i'm going to beyond right because that's endless. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, this has been fun, but we have to talk about the bad. <laughs> We're going to save the ugly for last, but let's tell our listeners a story about the bad part of your journey. Yeah. So when I was married, so early on, they heard that I did my internship. I got married soon after that, and it came time to start looking for a job. And I was nowhere near where I grew up, so I didn't know anybody because they say it's who gets the jobs, right? 
And I wasn't, I was actually offered a job at that nursing home where I did my internship. And so I, w- I had to turn them down because we, I was, I got married. I was no longer there to do that. And I came, I had to fill out applications for jobs. And I, I probably filled out over 150 applications and I didn't hear back from one person. All of the hard work, all of the service stuff that I had done, all of the years of community service that I had done meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. In another place that nobody knew who I was growing up, they didn't know that I was like this really awesome athlete. Like I was a a six-time all-star in softball. Nobody knew that, right? They don't care about that. Oh, she was all-American in in college and tennis. Oh, that doesn't matter. And so all of the good stuff that I had done and all of the schooling that I had done meant nothing. And I got depressed. I gained, I was already, I had already gained weight, but it started to come on even more and even more. And I started getting really depressed. I started being just very distant from everybody. My grandmother found out that right after my wedding, I had made her an appointment to see her oncologist because she is, was a breast cancer survivor. And she started complaining about her spine, like right before my wedding. And I made her an appointment to see a spine specialist and they were like, hmm. Yeah, we want you to get that checked out. Come to find out her cancer had metastasized throughout her body. And so during this time, I, they had hired me on at Marty's school, which you'll hear that story, I'm sure. But he, they hired me at the school to be a substitute teacher. And I was what they called a long-term sub because a teacher had quit. So I was doing that. And then I was like, okay, got money coming in. Cool. I can buy what I need right? Girl stuff. Then grandma got sick and she needed someone to take care of her and to take her to doctor's appointments and do all those things. So I left Marty. I said, Marty, I have to go take care of grandma. Like I'm the only one that can do that the way that she needs to. So I moved two hours away as a newlywed and took care of my grandmother. And I would come back Every so often, if she was doing, if she had a couple of good days and my mom, like on a weekend or something, and my mom could come over and do help her with whatever I could go visit Marty. And so that, that was the cycle. That was the cycle. And it just kept getting worse and worse. So I was spending more and more time away from him. So when I would go back, whenever I would go back, it was like starting this relationship all over again. Mind you, we had dated five years before we got married. So we were technically married already when we got married. So it was just like from people who knew each other so well to not knowing the person or the personality that you were coming into because we were living two different lives. Sure. So that's crazy. It was, that was a, that was one of the darkest times But during that, during this whole thing, my grandmother started to slip away probably about a couple months later. And I had gone up and I was with her. We were all like my sisters, my mom, we were all there and she wanted to go home. So we took her home. And this was one of the 
eye opening, like my third eye opening again experience, because one of the things they teach you like rescue 911 back in the day or whatever, but to put, get like these baby monitors and put them in like the room of, of say a loved one that, that you're trying to listen to. And you keep the other receiver with you just in case they need water, but you want to give them space and let them go through this process. And so I was sitting next to this baby monitor and it was one of those voice activated baby monitors. So it only light up if there was a voice like it, I could hear the air conditioner in the background. I could hear oxygen machine. I could hear all of that and nothing was happening. And it was loud, mind you, it was very loud. And all of a sudden the lights on that baby monitor started just going all the way to green. They were like, it was like red, green, 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 green. And I could hear my grandfather's voice, my grandma's husband on the other side of that, on the other end of that radio. And at first it, it, it I like, I almost crap myself. <laughs> that was really gross. I'm, I'm just saying it scared the mess out of me because I had gone so many, so long blocking this stuff out. <laughs> this is the wrong time to lose my shit. So it's, it's time to, okay. And so it just kept happening. It kept happening. And like these messages would come through and I would tell, I would hear it and I would say it. I would hear it and I would say it. And this went on for about five days straight, like all together it was five days. So the first day I got like these messages, we're keeping your company. We're just keeping her comfortable. Go do your stuff, do the things you need to do. She's okay. And then as the, as the day went on, I started hearing different voices. I started speaking in Spanish, which I, I grew up with a Spaniard. My grandma was from Spain. I, I grew up with it spoken to me, but I never spoke it back. So I am not fluent in Spanish. I was speaking, I was hearing my great grandpa talking to his daughter in Spanish and I was speaking it fluently. And my mother, who is a Spanish teacher, was born in Spain, is sitting there about as white as a sheet, like losing her stuff, saying, oh my God, that's my, that's my papa. Like that, that's my, my, my granddad. And then this girl's voice comes through and it's, it was also in Spanish, but I understood it, but it was like, I was saying it to her. Like I was there. And come to find out, like grandma had told me many years before this, that she had lost her first child very tragically. And she was about eight and a half months pregnant and a pole landed on her and she lost her baby. And this was the daughter that was coming through. And it wasn't like a little kid's voice or anything. It was my voice coming through in Spanish to her. But it was like I was there and that made me realize like I have her soul, which is why my relationship with my grandmother was so deep. It was that was my person. This was the person I looked up to. This was my protector. This was the person I ran all of my ideas by. This was the person that had my corner in everything that I wanted and needed and ever wanted to do. And 
when that came through, it was like an aha again too. It was like, you have her soul, right? Like you, that is why your mother feels like your sister. That is why your relationship has been like your sister. Cause I have two younger sisters, love them to pieces, but we fought like cats and dogs, right? Growing up. And that's kind of how that relationship was with my mom and being able to go through this experience and her be there too was huge. But the messages that kept coming through that, that baby monitor, it just, it was constant. It was very constant. And my grandmother was knitting this gift for a high school kid. His mom did his, did her hair every Saturday. She was one of those ladies that liked to get her hair done before church the next day. And she, she was knitting him like this hat and a scarf with his initials on it because baseball was season was coming up and he always supported like her stuff, Like he sported that stuff. And I found myself knitting, or at least I didn't find myself. I found myself finished knitting, but I had finished knitting that project for her, put his initials in it. Look, I can knit, but I am very basic, like one line. You might be able to change your yarn, but not really to lose your stuff. Yeah, I don't like just do it. And I had no clue how to do that. And I did that in my sleep. And how in the world would that have happened if I didn't have these abilities to where someone could come through and finish this project for her? Right. That's and just so, insane. When you listen yeah. to it, yeah, it's you really Crazy. have to check yourself and be like, yeah. how's in this realm? I, of our minds. We're thinking, how is this even possible? And yet you're saying like it happened and you're thinking the same thing. How is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it happens to you, it's weird that you, that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're the one. Let's just put it this way. We had our priest come to the house to read grandma, her last rites. And those of you that go to church understand that is just the thing to do. And so we, she came, she read her last rites. But this preacher, we never really got along. We just never did. I used to, we, I used to see her all the time. So we just never really got along. And I had to tell her, like, I had to get it off my chest what I was experiencing. Because for, first of all, when I would walk into my grandma's room in her bedroom, it normally was freezing cold. This was the coldest place in the entire house because she had to have it like Antarctica. When this was happening, it was like a clouded elevator. There were spirit, there was spirit everywhere and everybody had something to say, everybody. So when the preacher came in, I I started, I got lightheaded. I was like, I can't breathe in here. I need to step out. This is very overwhelming and it has nothing to do with what we're doing. And so she took me out. She took me out into the kitchen and we talked about it. And I said, listen, I called her Elizabeth. I was like, Elizabeth, I, I I don't know what's happening, but I kind of know what's happening and I don't know how to handle it. And I said, I am hearing this person who she knew I'm hearing this person and this person and they're touching me and I'm feeling them and I'm, I'm speaking to the next door neighbor from his mom and saying, thank you for taking care of my friend. And I said, I'm losing it. Like I said, I'm losing my, (laughs) I told that to the preacher. I said, I'm losing it. And she said, no, you have been given the gift of sight. 
And I said, I kind of want to give it back. It was extremely (laughs) overwhelming and very powerful. And this was the thing that like it, when the night that she passed, I kept hearing a voice say, Papa's voice say, she hasn't heard from everybody yet. She hasn't heard from everybody yet. People coming to tell, to say goodbye. It's people that she needed to hear. And I thought that it was my baby sister because they didn't really have a really close relationship because they were too much alike. Stephanie, she showed up and she went in and she said, Grandma, I love you. I'll always love you. And I'll see you again soon or something like that. The next thing I know, they say, come on, we got to go. There's a party waiting on her. We got to go. Her best friend is saying, got this dress. And I'm telling the preacher this. All like these conversations. Kay is there with a dress and she even changed the color because they fought and said it wasn't the right color. And so the preacher was like, you've been given the gift of sight and that's why you're not crying. That's why you're not angry. That's why you're just exhausted (laughs) because (laughs) you're, because I mean, that is the time when you're sitting there watching someone that you adore and love pass away. It is the most devastating, the most tragic experience that you can ever experience in life. It doesn't matter if it's your child, if it's your parent, it doesn't, or a pet, it doesn't matter. You will experience this trauma. And during that happening, I was not emotional at all. They were like, Amanda, are you on drugs? Like, what, what are you on? And I'm like, nothing. I really don't have a problem with this right now. (laughs) Like it was just, I was able to talk to people that I normally wouldn't be able to even speak because when I cry, it is very ugly and it is very violent and I have to gasp for air often. And so it is not pretty. And that night when she said that, I said, yeah, it's not there, but I'm letting you hear and paint the picture of what I'm hearing and seeing and feeling. And she's, and then all of a sudden when they said, come on, let's go. And they like pulled her. My sister was standing in the doorway and she lifted off the bed, like a scene from the exorcist because Victoria (laughs) turned around and said, oh my God, it looks like the scene of the exorcist over here. And I said, oh no. I said, yeah, they're just trying to take her spirit with them. At least that's what they're experiencing. But she was flipping her crap. She was, that was, it was devastating to her. So anyway, that happened and they said, no, they pushed her back down. I heard no. And they pushed her back down on the bed. And then they said, she hasn't heard from everybody yet. And finally at one o'clock in the morning, I heard Papa's voice. It came through and it said, He said, she's heard from everyone. We love you. Good night. Go to sleep. Good night. And that was the last time I heard his voice. And I never heard grandma's voice until at her memorial service, but we'll get there soon. But after I had no idea who the person was because everybody that I could think of had been there, had said goodbye, had told her that they loved her and that it was okay to go. And that wasn't it at all. The person that she had to hear from was Marty. And I, I had this feeling. I was like, I called him and I said, Marty, did you say pray for, this was the, would have been the first time that I ever saw him pray 
or heard of him praying, but he prayed and he said, God, grandma, Miss Petey, I just want you to know that I'm going to take care of Amanda. She's going to be okay. I promise to watch over her and protect her, but I love you and I promise to do that for you. And like, I'm getting emotional because it's super, super emotional. And it was something that was very life-changing between Marty and my dynamics at that time. And I, he's, he, he'll even probably tell this story too, when this happened, but he was standing at the back door and he like got completely silent. I said, did you say that? And he said, yeah, yeah. Almost word for word. I said that. And it was at that moment that we had a connection on such a deeper spiritual level that we had in the years that we had been together. And we'd been together a long time to that point. But that's where it like it went from really bad, not being there for each other, not being there to change even the light bulb, to help each other change a light bulb or whatever you do as newlyweds, trying to figure out stuff. And we didn't have that. We didn't actually have a true newlywed experience until we moved back in full-time together three years later. So this was huge for like us on a more, on a deeper level. And Marty drove up to grandma's memorial service. He came after school, missed a football game because he was band director. He missed the football game and he came up and we had a conversation and it was the deepest, most loving, like loving conversation because he was there. He was with me. He was Marty again. Like I was like, I was with my soulmate at that moment. And I felt that love. I felt that protection when I had been experiencing this whole deal of craziness all week by myself, pretty much because nobody could give me that love and protection that he had promised. I didn't get to feel that. And I was angry because everybody else got messages, but me, like I was there to talk to one person. I had come to terms with, this is how it was going to be from here on out. All those haunted tours I wanted to go on a bucket list are no longer <laughs> in my, on my bucket list, by the way, I just don't want to deal with spirit on a vacation, but anyway, it comes whenever it calls, but I did not get to hear from the person that I wanted to hear from the most. And that was her after she had passed. And I was so angry. Like I had done all this work for nothing. It's like, all right, I get to talk to her when nobody else can. Yes. And it was like, ha ha, I'm still the favorite. Like, that's how it was. Amanda, you're the favorite. I was the one that was the closest. And the reason why is because I was technically the firstborn for both her and my mom. Isn't that but, something? But she, at her memorial service, we're sitting, the church is filled up with people. And that was very beautiful to see because she was an immigrant from Spain. And she went through some things and to see the church so filled up with people that made me feel good because I was like, I know the heart. I called her a hard ass all the time because she was stern. She was mean. She told people what she thought about them and didn't care if she hurt their feelings. That was just how strong her personality was. And I looked up to that because I didn't feel like I had the confidence to do that. 
And so up until this point, I had nothing really going for me. Like I hadn't had started a name for myself. I didn't know what I really wanted to do or how the heck I was going to do it. I was lost. So this was an awakening for me spiritually. So, hey, knock, knock. We're still here in your back pocket. If you ever want to actually do what you're told to do, that's how it felt. And then I was like, nope, not ready for you anymore. And I kind of like pushed it back down because I wasn't ready. I was broken. I was pissed off. I was mad because I had done all that. Well, at her memorial service, the preacher's telling them stories, like during her sermon for my grandmother, she's telling her these stories that are happening that I had told her and she's repeating the story back to me and she's, or back into her audience. And I'm sitting here saying, these people are loving this. <laughs> like they are eating this up. And I'm thinking this should be something that they should, they would think, damn, that's pretty made up. That's a pretty good story right there. And, but when I was laughing, like people, people were kind of like, what kind of sermon is this? And they were like, I've never heard one of these. They're all scripted, but this one wasn't, it was kind of completely story, but it was a real life experience to make me not feel crazy. And so I'm there laughing. I'm not crying. I'm not sobbing. And it comes time to, to get my grandmother's ashes and put them into the little column burial. It's like a little safe for their ashes. And I wanted to hear her voice so bad that she came through and she said, don't you dare spill me in front of all these people. Don't <laughs> spill me in front of all these people. And then I tripped and it was like somebody was there to kind of play with me. And I was, if I, I laughed as I was leaving because I was like, damn, that, that's what I get. Not a thanks. I love you. No, nothing. <laughs> thanks for getting me here safe. Nothing. And yeah, and then once I put her ashes into the wall and, and I locked it, it stopped. It completely stopped. The voices stopped. The coolness of that time was cool again. It wasn't surrounded by like people or energy because that's what spirit is, is an energy. And so that had gone and it was like, whoo. And so I kept praying. I was like, I'm not a praying type at this point and I'm like tell me tell me what I should do what's my life's journey what do I need to do and nothing like there was nothing and I had to go through certain like the next story you'll hear probably is the next one but it's that's where it got it was really bad and then started to get better that brings me to the next story which is the ugly so Tell us a story of the ugly part of this journey of yours. Okay. So <laughs> when I was growing up, I was all like, I was always with my grandmother. She was my, I thought, soulmate. I thought she was my person. And I grew up just around such a strong personality and when I started looking back at my life, like going through all those files and everything, just really something that I had pushed away so much. And this is a story that I now tell because this was the thing that broke the camel's back for me. And 
it was, I was thinking back to when I was body shamed so badly for having big breasts and being overweight and having all of these conditions come up that I just don't understand why I'm getting so sick all the time. I'm in constant pain. Everybody thinks I'm a hypochondriac because it's always something different, but it's, to me, it's all the same pain, just a different day, a different part. And I just kept gaining weight and I kept gaining weight. And I'm, I had a breast reduction surgery that took 20 pounds off of my chest in 2009. And with the promise to my grandmother, I said, I promise if you chop these things off, I will be able to lose weight. I'll be able to be active again. I can lose weight. I can look real sexy for my wedding like you want me to. And I don't have to wear a bolero jacket. That happened, by the way. I did not lose the weight after I had that reduction done. And I just kept getting sicker and sicker and bigger and bigger and nothing was happening. And she would keep telling me like, you're fat. Why can't you be like this person? You're this. Why can't you be like this person? You, this person makes straight A's. Why can't you do the same activities? Why can't you make good grades? That kind of thing. And it was always something like, you're not good enough for this. You're not good enough for that. The job you actually want to go to school to do, you can't make money with that here. You're not leaving here. And so it was that constantly. And she knew that I was artistic. I was, I had, I loved playing my trumpet. I loved doing art and making art and being really creative with my hands and building things. I did construction with my granddad. So I love to do that sort of thing. So interior design was like my dream. I loved it. And you probably can't tell here, but anyway, <laughs> but I loved interior design, but she told me, she said, there's no money in it. And I'm not going to pay for you to go to school when there's no money in it for you. And then it, it kept getting worse and worse. And soon as Amanda, you're not good enough to do anything. So just kind of do what you can to get by. So she doesn't mention it. And so I started doing like these little fad diets, like these programs that you see on TV and all that stuff. And I started doing those programs and nothing was happening, just fake stuff over and over again. And I'm like, crap, not, not even the fake stuff will help me lose weight. And it's really bad. And then my health kept getting worse and worse. And soon I realized that I wasn't sick from a disease or any type of illness. It's a, a mental illness at that time. But it, it came to, I don't like to talk about this, Cammie, but it came to the thought that nothing I would ever done or could do was going to be good enough, is what it boiled down to. And like going through that and hearing that, like, how are you supposed to be anything in life? Like to me, that's the person that, that I see under a bridge that was homeless, like growing up or like in a bad situation. I mean, we were on food stamps for a part of our, our my childhood. And so I've been there too and, and experienced that. And so like just dealing with everything at home, since I had to see it all the time, I started to believe what she was saying. And then... I didn't let it bother me because I was getting bullied at school 
because of my appearance and how big I was or the neighborhood I lived in, which wasn't bad. And just all of these things that kids do to make themselves feel better. But I let that dictate who I was and my appearance and everything. And I was purposely making myself look awful to not get attention. But I was getting all the attention at home. So I was making it worse. And it was just this vicious cycle of just getting bigger and bigger. And that went on from the time I was like nine years old to the time I was 26, because that was when she passed away was when I was 26. (laughs) So it went on for a really long time. And And that led to a lot of depression. It led to a lot of anxiety into a lot of pain and fear and just overall sadness and to lose sight of who you are, to forget your name, to forget that you have a purpose. Like you're here for a reason. Everybody's here for a reason. You just have different challenges than everybody else, but it's up to you to get through them, not stay there and continue to think about it. If you need help, ask for it, ask for that help. And so that's where it came to, but it was not happening that way for me. And so being around so much negativity and I'm feeling all of her pain from the depression and I'm feeling like her parents going through the decades that they have. And like, I'm feeling all of this anger and resentment and you owe me this. You should do better than this. You're supposed to be better, but they don't want you to actually be better. They just want you to be what they got to and to stay there because they set the stage for you to carry on their legacy. That's the big thing. So that is the karma that I was taking on. And then I was taking on things from my parents because I come from a, a, a broken home. Like my parents were divorced at a very young age and I was five years old when it happened. And so like growing up, I was the oldest sister. My mom worked nights. And so I was with my grandparents. But when I wasn't, I was taking care of them. I was little mama. And so like growing up, I didn't have a childhood. Like by the time I could have a childhood, my body was like, nope, you're an 18 year old woman, hairy woman. And that's just who you are. This is what you're destined to do. You're destined to be a mama, a hairy mama on food stamps (laughs) and that's going through my head because that's the story that I keep hearing and so that's the story that I keep reading myself that is that nighttime story that I would tell myself as a kid to go to sleep at night and so that led to so much just why live through that anymore you either walk can break through that wall and you can move on You can stay there and feel that pain, that misery, that anger, that, that carry around all that bullshit all the time, or you can let it control you. You can let all that stuff control you. You can't get through it. If you can't get through it, then there you go. And so when you're stuck there, then the stuff starts happening to you over and over again. Why stay there is the point here. Why stay there? Why do you want to keep going through all that? I talked to a woman the other day and I was like, hey, just a question. I'm in a book club. And she was like, hey, I I read this book. And I said, oh, I saw that. I almost picked that up to read it. What'd you think about it? And she told me, and I'm in the process of writing my own book. 
that's kind of similar. So I, I wanted her feedback. Sure. And she said, I was trying to learn how to just let go of all the bullshit. Like, I just want to let it go. And I, I actually have it on a note here from that group <laughs> because I was like, Marty, this has to be a part of this because that's what it, that's, this is what it does. It's not what it is. It's what it does for them. It's so like, I had to go through that. And that's the experience that I'm getting to here is that in such a dark pit of a time when I didn't know anything, I had no clarity. I had no nothing. I started to cut like myself. I used to try, I would write suicide notes because I was just ready just to end it. I was done. I was tired of it. I was tired of the bullying from every angle of my life, including myself. My own brain and my heart and my soul were telling me these things and I couldn't break through. I didn't understand. And then it was lost. I didn't, I never gave up. I never like, obviously I'm here. I did not commit suicide, which I, this is a, I mean, it's a sensitive topic to anyone that experiences extreme pain, fatigue, depression, anxiety, businesses not going the way they want to, families not going the way that you want them to or how you think they should be. And so you have all of these negative things coming at you and you don't know how to process them. You just take them in. You take in all that negative energy, but you don't have enough of that positive energy in yourself to push it away or how to process it. And so I, from the time I was 12 years old, to the time I met Marty at band camp a week later, I wrote 37 suicide notes, 37. Each one of them said something different, but they all had the same message, if that makes sense. And it was, I'm sorry for all the pain I've caused. I'm sorry for not being the person you wanted me to be. I'm sorry I couldn't live up to your dreams and your expectations of me. I just don't feel like that's me. Like that's where I found my voice. And it was easier to write those negative feelings that I was feeling and all that shame and that regret that I was having. It was easier to write that down in a so-called suicide note than it was to actually say those things out loud. Because then they're like, oh, you're just talking out of your butt. Oh, you're just full of it. Just take a mite all and go to sleep without saying that. And it's, no, that's not it at all. And, and that's, and that is one of the things that stems a lot of the mental illness is that spiritual disconnect because your, your mind is your worst enemy because what you let go into it is what you either use to help you get better or you let it control you and you let it take over your body. Just like endometriosis tried to do to me. It took over for 20 years. It was all over my torso, into my hips and everything attached to organs, but I was able to control that. And people will say, Amanda, there's no way that you are in remission for four years from having stage four endometriosis. I said, mm, but it can, because it stopped growing. I stopped having problems. It stopped being something that I thought about all the time. So I was able to heal from it instead of focusing all of my energy to something really, really bad all the time and giving it a face, giving it a name, giving it my name. Like I am endometriosis. Look at me. I'm yeah. bloated. I'm, I feel awful in my skin. And that's what it led to until I said, you know what? Enough is enough. And it all happened 
when my grandmother passed away and I no longer had that person always telling me all of this negative things about myself, making me believe them and then feeling like the kids did every single day that I saw them. Right. And so I just, it, that one ear and out the other, that's the analogy, the one ear and out the other started happening, but I didn't have that anymore. All I had was me. And I was like, oh snap, I don't have grandma here that I got to take care of. I have a husband. I have some fur babies. I said, I got to do something. And so I became a health coach. And so that's where that was the ugliest was being able to identify that was the person that I had looked up to the most, just that, I mean, it was just another time that a sign happened that I didn't pay attention to it because it all leads back to my good story and being able to cut that cord from my grandmother. I cut out that karma. I cut out her bullshit. I cut it out and I became who I was truly supposed to be because she was the person that I inherited my gifts from was from her, but she never accepted it. And so that was, it's a generational thing. It's a generational karma. It's a generational loss and uh, generational trauma. And that is what I help people deal with. I help people heal naturally from the inside out because it has to come from the inside out. Before you can become your true authentic self, You have to do some soul searching. It's just part of it. That's that shadow work that you heard a couple episodes back. It's shadow work can be some of the most, the scariest thing that you will ever experience in your life because it's the one thing that hurts you the most. It's the one thing that you have used to hold you back from who you truly want to be. And it's also the limitations that you put on yourself. And so all that together is like, where's your happiness? You don't have any. And so it all leads back to being able to identify the things from your memory that you can remember physically that you went through that caused you to feel an emotion, to trigger a fear, right? A lot, you hear a lot of the time, well, I'm driven by fear. If this scares me enough, I'll do it right? If the doctor tells me that I'm going to die, if I don't do something with my weight, like the doctor did, he said, Amanda at 27, if you don't do something, you're going to be dead by your 30th birthday. I went, "Mm, okay. (laughs) And so I started doing something about it because only (laughs) I was there. Only I could do that. I was married. I Marty, I mean, we went on that journey together. That is the story. That is the Amanda and Marty story. And so that's how we got to where we are. And it all started with like that wake up call from the doctor. Hey girl, if you don't do something, you won't have time to do it later. You know what I find interesting too, is that you wrote 37 suicide notes. Like you didn't want to live. And yet here you are on the other side of that, where the doctor says, if you don't do something, you're not going to live. And you're like, Oh, right. Stop everything. I better do the right thing. So I think that's so interesting that for all of those years, you didn't care if you lived or not. And then all of a sudden, like everything shifted. And I think that comes with owning your story for sure. But I was thinking about this as you were talking. 
And I was thinking about, you wrote 37 suicide notes. How many I'm going to live my life notes have you written? Oh man, I have this board. I have, I'm going to show you because those of you (laughs) that can see this, I actually did my first vision board this year. And this is my life that I am living at the moment. Oh no, I'm making everything fall. But I have a vision board that says, this is the house I want. This is the body I want. This is the trips I want to go on. These are the teachers I want to work with. This is the thing that's going to make me who I am. And there it's you go. spiritually awakening things. And that's what's made it. That's where it's come from. That's your life. Yeah, those are your life letters. It. Yeah, those that are is my what it life is. letters. Because all of that, there are generational things on there that I want my, my, see my niece, my, my sister's daughter, my middle sister's daughter. She also has an intuitive gift. She's seven and she doesn't understand. And so I've been talking to her a little bit. We've been able to do a couple of things. And because I didn't have the teacher at that age. And my sister was able to experience the things that she would, she was able to experience with my grandmother passing. Now she's okay with the idea of me, excuse me, helping my niece through this transition for her too, because this is something that everybody is born with. Everyone is born with intuition. Everyone is born with gut feelings. Everybody's born to have a certain gift. But as you get, like when you're a child, that's, they say you're a sponge, right? You take in everything. You literally take in everything. You remember that vortex I talked about in the beginning, like you are the vortex. And as a kid, you are completely open to everything. And as you get older, you start hearing stories. You start hearing certain people's perceptions of things and how they view things and taking on other people's views and their beliefs. And soon you don't have any for yourself. And so that's where it all led to was like, all right, Amanda, you have to cut through it. You have to cut through it. That is amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today, Amanda. Thank you for sharing some of the most intimate, deepest thoughts, secrets, ideas, all of the things. I mean, this is going to be so powerful for people to listen to. And before we say goodbye, I'm just going to ask you to finish this sentence for me. Okay. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. If more people knew that the light is a lot brighter on the other side, because when you have desires, when you have dreams and you go towards those dreams, they start to appear in your life. And yeah, so follow your heart, follow your dreams, do the things that you desire to do and that make you happy. And don't let everybody else dictate what you do in life because the world is yours. The universe is yours to do with it what you will with free will, because you have it. Everybody has it. And that's what it is. I love that. The light is brighter on the other side. Oh my gosh. Thanks for being with us to our listeners. Just click the link on the show notes. So you can tap into Amanda White and all of these things that she's offering. Everything is in the show notes. So don't miss out on that. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground, right now, 
get back up, girl. Get <laughs> back up. You can and do it. The Amanda, tell them. Tell go them. the other direction. <laughs> get if up. it knocks you down going one way, get up and go a different direction because you have to find your path in life. And that is your strength because you control you. You control where you go. You control how you think. So go out into the world and be invincible. I love it. Get back up and go in a different direction. You can do anything. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.